is to really get to learn about not the team necessarily i think to really get to learn the game of basketball now that sounds very i don't know how that sounds it doesn't I, need, I guess I need to clarify here. Where as I'm as like a Raptor fan, having to be uh, to to talk about like the positivity of of this team, it's a little tough. It's a little tough at the moment, but it's it's like let's let's be real. Okay, I don't know about you, Jay or Dre, but like I think this might be, and I could be wrong, and I could be over exaggerating. There looks like to be a lot of over-exaggeration on Twitter right now, but I could be over-exaggerating, but this could be a the low point post-championship. Uh, lower yeah. than Tampa. This is lower than Tampa. Yeah. I think it's slower than Tampa because we knew we don't what have we were getting into now. in Tampa. We don't yeah. have an excuse now. Precisely. Tampa was so, set up for tanking. Yes. Like, you're not disappointing home, home fans because there's no fans. And they're, yeah. <laughs> You know, so I don't know. It's it's a tough time. It's a tough time to be a Raptors fan, but it, it, it's not a tough time to be a basketball fan. It's just as for as a Raptor fan, it's a tough time. And I I, I completely agree with all the uh, I, well, actually, no, I don't really agree with all the blowing up situations about like what to do with the Raptors. But I think something needs to change. And and you know what? We'll 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 dive into that. Yes, there there should be changes. Um, yes, there is some finger pointing to be had and a lot of finger pointing is happening but on the plus side we're here we're here to (laughs) to talk about raptors and and to kick off our our episode of the week uh i have the pleasure of hosting this week's uh episode but the unfortunate pleasure i guess you could say of sharing some news that i want to share right off the bat kind of get it out of the way um, word has come. It's also, we're recording this on Friday, January the 20th, uh, in early afternoon. But word is starting to leak out now that uh, our parent company, so we are part of Raptors HQ, which is part of SB Nation, which is part of Vox Media. So word's getting around now that Vox Media has done some cuts. And we, unfortunately, have been part of those cuts. Now, what that means mm-hmm. is while Raptors HQ is our current home for this podcast that will no longer be the case as of March 1st. So the reason why I'm bringing that up off the top is A, it sucks, but B, is to reassure all you listeners that we are not going anywhere. We will continue to record weekly podcasts as long as we possibly can. Sure, they will not be on Raptors HQ after February 28th. But we will continue to tweet them out, and we hope that you continue to follow along with us. So that's my short spiel on that. And I just want to get back to talking about the Raptors. Right. And I'm, I'm glad that I've got both of you, Dre and Jay, along for this ride. Uh, it's been a fun ride. And uh, the, the ride of this season has not been fun. Uh, if, if we compare it to a roller coaster, I would say it's hasn't gone back up. I don't know. It's <laughs> going down really far down um this is that it's a small world ride at disney world it's not going up it's staying really 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 low and there's a lot of noise <laughs> and it's annoying and it just won't end and no matter where we play in the world well technically it's only two countries that we play in uh we're not balling and uh i just want to get off this damn log 
That's it. Yeah. <laughs> just don't just don't drink the water, Lisa. Don't don't drink it. Okay. <laughs> I am the lizard queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I okay. So with, with that news about uh, SB Nation, hey man, it's it's been a fun ride, but that doesn't mean that we're not we're gonna stop talking about Raptors because we we were gonna do this regardless of SB Nation or Raptors HQ because we're fans. We're fans of this team, and it sucks to see that our team isn't doing the best right now. But that's but that's okay. I mean, Jay, Dre. 20 years 20 plus years of having a pretty shit team and then now that once we've gotten that championship like i said this is probably the lowest point since that championship for the for the record we just we just came back from a championship you know like it's pretty fresh in everybody's mind still so it's more of like yeah we 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 were at the highest point and maybe we're at the lowest point right now to me it just means that there's nowhere else to go but up now going back to the finger pointing jay um do you think it's it's hard i don't know i don't know man is there going to be a move happening like is it is it inevitable yes. at this point yes please expand dre what, what do you, what do you think, <laughs> i mean do i need to uh you know the fact that um there are rumblings about fred and his contract um everybody's got eyes on a bunch of our players i, I feel like it's pretty much agreed not certain, but it's agreed upon that Pascal is like kind of off limits, but that's not off limits. He could easily be up for a trade, but all these rumblings about OG and Fred, and even to some extent, I've, I've heard like, um, Gary, Gary Trent Jr. For instance, or, uh, I've just heard so many names outside of, um, Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siaka. But again, that doesn't mean that they're off the table. Um, oh, Scotty's definitely off the table. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, probably the probably the most, but you just never know in this league. But like, seriously, I think the biggest potential names, or the biggest potential name to be going, unfortunately, is is Van Vliet, in my opinion. And um, whether it's at the deadline or postseason, there's going to be something. But I know. Masai, so you, I know you, Nick Nurse. I feel like they're going to do something before the trade deadline. Yeah, because I was thinking you're going to like that at this point. I feel like Masai is not going to let this thing ride until the end of the season. Yeah. There, I, I like personally, I think that something is going to happen beforehand. We, I don't know if if he's down to just wait this out, and I don't think he like. I doubt he's getting pressure from the fans. Like he probably doesn't give a shh shit about what we think but but he's not somebody that like waits in the it wants to be in the middle and right now we're not even the middle of the pack we're kind of more so less than the middle of the pack but still you know we're complaining about the team and we're like you know this isn't looking good but all things considered we're not that far behind 500 and if you look at a lot of the teams that are falling they're not that much above 500 we aren't looking good and we need to change something but we're not like bottom of the barrel we're not completely out of reach of having a reasonable team playoff up you know like when it comes to the playoff opportunities that's probably not going to happen unless we get like the tail end of the play-in tournament at this rate but we're not complete hot trash we (laughs) can like i feel like we're salvageable you know if we were like and you know, I tried to give Charlotte the benefit of the doubt the last time I talked about them, but Char- Charlotte is 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 looking hideous. Or like, um, 
even though they ha- they've had like a few glimpses of hope, Orlando, or um, unfortunately the oh the Spurs, my goodness, the Spurs. Um, you, you know these are teams that I feel like they are number one on the uh, on the uh, the cruise ship that's going to head over to Webinyama land. You know, like they are the uh, the the all access pass. I don't think we have that, so why even bother trying? Um, but we need to do something in order to at least rectify that. Because if the team gets worse, I feel like, and this is my final piece, if, if the team gets worse and continues to play really poorly, then we're going to get into team blow-up mode, in my opinion. And I don't think we need that, and I don't think we want that. Yeah, the um, there's, there's, I don't know where to start, guys. There's a, there's a lot going on here. Um I, I don't know. The the way that this team is, is currently structured, I mean, you know, Nick Nurse is getting the most that he can out of these guys, but you know, the when it comes to Jason's earlier question about, you know, finger pointing and, and whatever, there's blame to go all around, right? I mean, the Masai went full all in, put all his chips in on this Vision Six Nine thing, and for all intents and purposes, it did not work out. Yeah, we have to um, put some of the onus on him as much as we love. Yeah, we yeah, to. absolutely. It kind of starts at the top, and and the way he structured it, you know, we we all were a little bit disillusioned in the beginning of the season, thinking that this could work out, especially with how last season ended. And then some blame has to go over to the coaching staff, right? I mean, if if we are in a a point right now where um, the Raptors are are over, they're, they're riding their starters way too hard. When Nick Nurse said that wouldn't be the case this year. Um, three of the top five in minutes played are again Raptors, um, just as it was last year. And th- if there's no trust in the bench, I mean, you've seen it in glimpses, right? When he has given time to Malachi, he's had glimpses of, of hope there. We saw it even last night. Joe Wieskamp, hello, welcome to the team. He was on his second 10 day contract. He finally sees some bench time after four games and Matt lights Thomas it up to 2.0. Exactly. Uh, so it, a part of the blame goes to the coaching staff, right? And and the way Nick Nurse is, is riding his, his starters there, like at some point you got to start playing your bench because how do you really know how functional this team is? And I, and like there's a dual purpose to that too, right? I mean, the fact that he's not playing them, they can't even raise their trade value if they're going to be traded. So uh, hmm. that's why all the discussion right now about who to trade is all centered around the starters because no one knows anything about our bench. Like if I throw in Ken Birch into a trade package, that is just going to get laughed at because right. no one has seen him play. So, um, mm-hmm. and then finally, the the finger pointing has to also go to the players, right? We've seen the decline of of Fred at certain points. Obviously, he's picked that up lately. Thankfully, you know Gary's had his downs, but he's been mostly up lately. Scotty started the season horribly, but now he's looking like a better version of uh, the rookie that we saw last year. So. There's been a lot of ups and downs right now. It's OG and Obi's going through some downs, but like, it's it's the execution of what Nick Nurse has tr- been trying to lay out, where you got to put some of the blame on the players. So there's blame all around. Um, and I have I have way better news to share for you guys, but I, I think I'll end my little rant there. But I, I think I all I'm trying to say is that it's looking very dire right now, and I agree with you guys. It's the lowest point of the year. Um, but there is a different way to look at this season um, and make these games enjoyable moving forward. 
if we come at it with a different lens, not the lens of, hey, this team can make some noise in the playoffs because I think that ship has sailed. I have one last thing to piggyback yeah. on. And then, uh, Jason, I'll hand it over to you. You know, you bring up the teammates and, you know, how overplayed they are. One thing I've noticed, uh, you know, if you follow somebody like Thibodeau, um, when a team is doing well and the starters are overplayed, they're the only ones, compl- like, you know, it's uh, maybe the people who aren't being played are complaining like, hey, why aren't I getting any minutes or anything? When the team is quite frankly sucking, that's when the star players are like, hey, listen, I can't just be out there by myself. I need some help because I'm getting exhausted to no end. And it's exhausting to lose and to play for so many minutes. And you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, oh my God, all of that was for nothing. I'm balling and it's for nothing. It's like that uh, 70 point Devin Booker game where it's like, yeah, I did this, but at what cost? And it's, it's not fulfilling and it's only going to lower morale a lot more. So this whole thing about overplaying players, you know, we did it last year, but we had better results. This year, you're going to hear more anguish about it because I'm guessing players like Van Fleet are like, why are we the only, the only people playing? You have no trust in these other guys. We're exhausted. There's just no bandwidth to work with. And it's making things worse and more likely that something is going to change. To me, I think that something might happen you know, before the trade deadline, which is about like 19 to 20 days away from here, is because I think that OG uh, is probably playing the best basketball. Right now, he's not playing the best right at this at this moment, but he's and in the as a season of the whole, I think he's playing the best basketball that we've ever seen. So his trade value is probably the highest. And I know that we spoke about this last last week as well. But Gary Trent is not going to sign with us. I'm sorry, Raptors fans. He's not going to sign back with us because next year is his player option. He's not going to agree to 18 mil. He's going to ask for 20 to 25 plus. I don't think if we keep OG, Siakam, Scotty, Fred, most likely Gary is going to probably opt out of that contract. And I don't think we're going to pay him that type of money. And for someone like Fred, I think that I still, I still, and holding on to that whole Fred and Pascal Tannen there. And again, I don't think that Fred is going to be moved because we don't have anything else unless we get a point guard. No one's going to trade for a point guard. We need a, like a top point guard. Obviously nurses and doesn't trust Malachi and the whole Scotty Barnes playing the whole point guard. He's already playing center. Most of the games uh, we need a true point guard. That's why I don't think that we already have an, an all-star caliber point guard who is coming back to his all-star ways. Why trade him? Honestly, why, why, why trade him? He's playing pretty well. I don't really see the whole uh, negativity a, a around Fred. Now with the team as a whole, yeah, something has to be done. Like you said, Jay, if you had like Kem Birch in like a trade value or a trade asset, I don't see it as Kem Birch as a trade asset. I see that probably as like a salary fill. It's going to most likely be one of those top five players. So I don't think Masai and Bobby is going to ride us out to the end of the season. I think a trade is going to come down before the trade deadline. I think there's one thing that you touched upon that um, has is it's been interesting to watch, and that is that you, you brought up the Fred Pascal tandem, and for the last couple of seasons, you know, especially after Lowry left, that's been a pretty killer pick and roll duo. But when mm. what I've noticed in the past few couple of weeks now 
is that's kind of evolved and Scotty has started to enter mm-hmm. that role, um, running mm. with both of them. And the reason why I bring that up is uh, it's I'm going to use it as a segue to bring up what can be seen as an opportunity for all Raptors fans to look out for. I think we all can acknowledge that this is a lost season. So mm-hmm. the question ends up being, okay, so how do I enjoy the other 40-ish games of the season? And I think <laughs> you can enjoy it um, in, in watching the development of certain players. And obviously at the top of that list is Scotty Barnes. The way he's played recently is really, really promising. It's the best mm-hmm. we've he's ever looked. And again, granted, it's only his second season, but oh boy, does this give you a preview of what the future lies with him as the centerpiece, right? So starting to see Scotty run that pick and roll with Fred and then sometimes with Pascal as well is something to look out for. Watching how Scotty handles himself where he's not absent for the first three quarters and then all of a sudden turns it on at the end, like seeing him kind of take the reins of this team and doing it at a much more efficient rate than he was uh, in his rookie season that's something to look out for, right? Um, mm. you know, it, it, depending on who ends up, like he's number one, number two, and number three in terms of like what you want to watch for in every single game is just watch him. Like that is just pure joy to watch, um, more so on the offensive end. Um, but hopefully with with whatever happens, and I agree with both of you, like a, a change has got to be made is, is um, at least for the next three weeks, hopefully not less, but I would suggest really just enjoy seeing this core. Cause if we all agree that someone's going to go, that's pretty depressing to know um, mm-hmm. that mm. someone who was part of possibly the championship run is no longer on going to be on the team. Right. Um, specifically enjoy this weekend's games. If you happen to have tickets, if you're going to watch them play the Celtics on Saturday or the Knicks on Sunday, guess what? They go on a seven-game road trip and don't come back until the day before the deadline. So it's likely if one of these guys gets traded, they won't be in Toronto. So enjoy this weekend's games uh, if you're in town because it might be the last time you see this specific group all in uniform at Scotiabank Arena. So mm-hmm. this was supposed to be a way of making you feel good about it, but I think that, that was it made supposed it to be. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> Is it yeah, yeah. Too much more yeah. morbid. Yeah, I was like, doing? you, you were like, you, you're told the glass half full. Dude, that was some glass half empty that stuff, went, right? That, there. Went, <laughs> glass, that was dark. The glass <laughs> spilt over on my suede shoes, and <laughs> yeah, I fucked yeah. them up. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, why you gotta do that? Why you gotta do that to the us? The glass man? is now empty. <laughs> yeah, it's totally empty. My bad. My bad. I messed that up. Oh shoot. But you're but you're right. I mean, they're they're going to be. I didn't even notice the. They're so they're going to be in. It's the West Coast town. road trip. It's the deadly oh, this West Coast road trip. <laughs> wow. So after the Celtics and the Knicks, which is this weekend, which is the back to back, they're going uh to Sacramento, War, uh, Sacramento, Golden State, Portland, Phoenix, Utah. Oh my God. Houston, and Memphis. Memphis. That's where, I that's can only come see back. Houston. That's it. Just Houston. Houston is maybe the only. Portland? Maybe, maybe Portland. Maybe there was maybe. Like one other team, but the rest were going to get screwed. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is going to suck. Oh my god! And the yeah. Portland game. And the Portland game is a back to back. Like after oh, they okay, played we, the so Warriors, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose right? it. Right? Like it's it's <laughs> rough. Yeah, it's rough. rough. 
Uh, it will not be Dame time for us. (laughs) (laughs) No, I. It's almost like I wish that the the break. They need a break. Like as much as Raptors fans need a need a break from from bad play and just losing, the these players need a break. And All Star is the nineteenth of February. Here's my quick question for you guys: All Star Pascal, is he going to make it? Yep. You think so? Is he? Ooh. Well, okay. I, I'd like to know why not. Well, I absolutely. Here's the the thing with All Star games. Take it from me. I'm a cinephile. I acknowledge that something like IMDb exists, and <laughs> the the popularity of something usually trumps the caliber or quality of something. So, in a world where the Warriors aren't as good as they should be. And uh, Wiggins isn't quite as good as he should be. His reign in the All-Star game still continues with a large turnout. And here's another thing. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, who I know has been injured for a lot of the season, is like not even in the top voting anymore. Yet AD, who's like just as injured, is up there still. So uh, my case in point being, when it comes to All-Star voting which is usually how Raptors kind of get in there because of the, uh, you know, it, these votes are from all of these Canadians, an entire nation. Um, if he doesn't get in through that, through the popularity means, are the personnel voting for the for the uh, bench unit, are they going to be voting for a team that's like quite substandard? We've seen it before, but it's not quite, it's not quite often. So, do I think he's playing at an all-star level? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's been fantastic, and I would make him an all-star myself. No bias. Seriously, I think he's fantastic, and I think he's only going to get better. But is that going to be the turnout? Maybe I'm speaking as somebody who's getting ready for the Academy Awards and knowing how much politics plays into this sort of crap, but, like, eh, I don't know so much. It's not – if it's literally just the caliber of how somebody's playing, it would be a different story. That's how I, I think feel the, about the, it. The, the, um, so, so obviously the fans play a large part in it. And yes, you know, Andrew Wiggins might even make it back thanks to the K-pop vote. But when it comes to Siakam, I look at it as um, putting him into the bucket of, of a uh, front court player, right? And, and if there are 12 that get chosen and let's say six are backcourt, six are frontcourt. So what we're trying to say is, is Pascal... Uh, deserving of one of those six spots, right? And yes. there's a very clear top four. That's uh, Embiid, Tatum, Giannis, and oh my gosh, who's the fourth? Wait. Durant. Oh, Durant, that's it. So definitely those four. And then it's a matter of, does he squeeze in as the other two? So the other names to consider would be, you know, one of the Heat guys, whether it's Butler or Adebayo, there's Julius Randle. Um, but that's it. Like in terms of like guys who I would say are in that conversation of forwards who should make it. Oh, sorry, I I, I don't know where Jalen Brown falls in. If he falls in as a guard or a, he's a forward, both. Well, he's third. He's third right now in guards voting. So he's okay. I think oh, he's in the guards vote. Yeah, yeah, he's in the guards vote. Oh, okay. Because he's defined as a small forward, so I just I, I don't know where they throw. I just assume it says forward is 
I just zoomed in. They just got to get away with all the all the positions. Just it's, throw, it's, just I like know, the, right? It's like the Academy Awards so where it's like, is Paul Dano a lead or a supporting? I don't know. Mm. Fuck it. Whatever's yeah. most convenient. If the, if the leading slot is too packed, make him supporting. It's the same thing with this. I feel like they flip-flop a lot when it comes to this position. Mm-hmm. Or why, you know, The Martian was voted as a comedy slash musical. Oh, God. That's, that's, <laughs> you're, bringing you know. up, you're bringing up old... Uh... Yeah, old wounds. <laughs> or, uh, you know, they nominated The Tourist as a comedy one. Quite frankly, that was supposed to be a serious film, but it was so bad that it was hilarious. I mean, it's just... Anyway, back on track. Um, back on track. Caleb Brown's making it in regardless because he's been phenomenal. Yes, it's if he's, if they define him as, as a front court, then that, that makes it a little bit more difficult for Siakam. I personally think Siakam's been good enough. He'll, he'll make it through. I mean, this would be yeah. a... This would be a no-brainer if the Raptors were a bit higher in the standings, but at the same time, uh, the names of the players he's fighting with, I think he's he's done enough there to uh, to like he's really if, been a top fifteen player. Okay. This, this what season. about this? What about this? If you were a coach slash or whoever, I guess media, like a voter, uh, we are media, yeah, voter, um, and and you see that you have teams that have to. Uh, that are going to go in is will that sway you to pick somebody else now what i mean by that is you got kevin durant and you got Kyrie Irving going in you got joel Embiid and james harder going and those two guys are in the same team and then you're thinking about jonathan kumbai well i guess the middleton is not going to be in there no, but then no. you got jason tatum and jalen brown so you have three teams that with two players already is that going to sway you to hopefully get other players or are you going is there going to be like you know julius rando and friggin brunson going to be in there or like uh Which, I, I hate know, the knicks but come on like they, Donovan they Mitchell fully and, deserve it yeah you know like it's i feel like the only reason not Outside of the fact that Pascal has been playing phenomenal, maybe not the last couple of the games, but for the entire season, um, he's gonna. I think that he's gonna be in because of his play. I just hope that looking at the standings as a team, uh, and then also thinking about teams that should and do deserve two players, will take Pascal out. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. but I feel like if you're talking about percentage wise, I want to say seventy five percent Pascal is in. No, that's fair. I mean, I didn't even mention the the Cleveland guys, right? I mean, oh, like Cleveland, and, and Jared Allen, like they'll be in the conversation. It's just right. Donovan Mitchell is so far ahead as like the reason why they are not so far ahead, but like he's the reason why they are where they're at. But like you raise a good point in terms of like teams that have multiple players, right? Do you do you weigh a a second spot for the Cavs, uh, or because it's hard to choose between? Allen and Mobley and Garland, then maybe you consider a, a team that doesn't have an all-star and you start to look mm-hmm. at performance and it's like, you know what, you know, uh, if this was a, a head-to-head battle, Siakam's numbers are better than Garland's, than Mobley's, than Allen's, right? And it's like, am I going to punish him because his team is eight games below Cleveland in the standings? Or, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting conversation to have and i'm gonna just interrupt myself here and just give you some kind of breaking news um so for and this is part of the reason why um the 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 raptors will be interesting to watch develop over the final few weeks of this season um christian coloco is finally being sent down to the 905 
Now, oh the reason why this God. is important is because he's almost been forced into playing with the big boys because they don't have a center. Um, it's obvious that he needed the reps. He has needed the reps in the 905 from the get-go, but the Raptors were trying to make it work and make this season work. They're finally admitting, okay, he needs the reps in the 905. We don't have a center. Let's acknowledge yeah. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Coloco is not ready. He is a good-ass player, 100%, but he, he needs the reps to be facing. G League now is not G League 10 years ago. G League now, that, the, you're going to get your bearings you'll there. Get, yeah, yeah get with, the, with the 905. So if you can get reps there and show them that you don't deserve being there and that, like, you know, play the Malachi Flynn play, like, the, you know, when Fred was there or when Pascal was there or something like that, come back to the league. Come back to the NBA and show you're deserving. Like, I agree with I agree with this 100%. He, he should have been there in the first place, honestly. I don't think that yeah. he should have been forced in there. Knowing that we had players like um, Thad and, and Kim Birch, and I know Precious was injured, but then you got Boucher. Like we Not saying that we didn't need Coloco, but he wasn't going to get – like don't you feel like he finally kind of got his bearings like 30 games in, like where he was like, oh, he doesn't look like he doesn't belong. And th- that he could have gotten that at day one with with nine oh five. So the fact that he's finally getting going to the G League like that does this say something about the trade? That, I, I'm just like poking holes now. Does this? Yeah, say no, something no, no. Something going to be done? My mind went there too, right? My mind went through it. If, yeah. if they're if they're already admitting that he's going to the G League, is it the rational, like logical answer? Like he should have been there since day one of the G League, or is there something else brewing? Right? Is it? They're finally going to make a move and, and bring in a center. I don't think so. Uh, the, that move would have happened first uh, before doing this, I think. Um, mm. I just think it's a matter of, okay, the the uh, the 905 have a game tomorrow. It's better that he's already there with the team. I, I don't think this is a, you know, a precursor to a trade announcement happening in the next hour or so. Uh, unfortunately well, and, and also maybe it's because that the raptors were playing at home finally uh and then they're going to be off like there, there's no point of like him going on to a west coast road trip and then him flying back to play in the 905 because he's not getting any run so that the fact that he they're home right now and then hey mississauga's right there let's let him get some reps while the raptors are on a road trip that's what I'm yeah thinking too. yeah it'd be more interesting to know if he joins the team on the west coast trip because if if mm. sunday or monday rolls around and he's assigned to the G League again, then that's your indication that like, okay, he's staying with the 905 um, for the remainder of their their portion. Like the, the, they're, they're kind of waving the white flag on him being in the NBA at this point when he really shouldn't have been. Yet. Yet. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with you. Well, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done with the Raptors talk? Are we done? Like, should we move on to the break and... Uh... Oh my God! You, you don't even whatever's want to waiting. Anymore. <laughs> Jesus uh, last thing, I, last thing I'm going to say is, I as a as a Raptor fan, and I understand Raptor fans on Twitter. You guys want to blow this whole thing up, or you want to see Fred gone, Pascal gone, or anything like that. Just remember what happened when when Lowry is gone. It was it was pretty heartbreaking, or when Demar was gone, it was pretty heartbreaking. Take it as is. Like if we if this is the last time we see or this is a couple of last games that we see either, you know, OG or Gary or Fred or something like these guys, these guys are still human. You know what I mean? Like they still they're still human and they still 
have families that they that they have to deal with while uh, uprooting their entire lives. So let's let's be chill. Let's think. If anything happens, knock on wood. Let's just completely thank them and nothing else. Like don't be like thank God you're gone or anything like that. Let's be like let's be humane about this. Additionally, and I don't mean this in the condescending way like a lot of people would. This is a job for them first and foremost, and I don't mean this is your job. Why are you whining? It's it's not it's not about that. This is a job first and foremost. They see this as a job. They're going to do what they're trying their best to do. What they need to do to put food on the table to you know take care of themselves and their families. And sometimes they get a promotion. Sometimes they get moved to a different department, and that's kind of what this is. So I know people Mm, love to put money on games because they're really silly. And they blame it on others when they can't take care of themselves. But uh, regardless of why you're getting so fired up over a game, we all get excited. We all get into it. But at the end of the day, this is what they're doing to to get by, to, Mm -hmm. you know, make ends meet. This is their livelihood. Um, Once they're off the court and they're not training in a gym, whatever, yeah, they're going back to their families. They're living their other lives. This isn't their entire reason for existence. So whatever pent up, whatever you're feeling, like, just don't be a child about it. At the end of the day, if we're all complaining because we're not happy with the way that the team is, let's see what the next phase holds. And at the end of the day, like you said, we're talking about these players on the court, on this podcast. Once they're off the court, it's their own damn business what they do. So please leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Don't hound them. Don't, like, unfortunately, sports fandoms are extremely toxic. Please just don't let that stereotype live, please. Yeah, I mean, don't don't at them. Don't 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 like at them and be like you're garbage. Like, come on, why you <laughs> don't be a child, man. Uh, anyways, that's that's what's firing me up. Sorry, Jay. All you, bro. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, and with that, I think we should take a break. Um, we've got some yes, exciting, sir. exciting discussion on the other side of the break. And I, I don't know if it's exciting. I think we just like don't want to talk Raptors. That's part of the excitement. Activity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Fair, 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 fair. So we'll catch you guys after the break. So any uh, Raptors players that might be on the, uh, the the chopping block here might get traded. Uh, that product or service is the number one way to bring your value up. So uh, I would look <laughs> wow, into it man. and <laughs> see what it does for you. If, yo, it, okay, out of everybody who is on the team, I know that Fred has a... Okay, so Fred and Boucher have a podcast. Uh, who on this team, if they were to retire, who would you want them to start a podcast? If they were to what? Get retire. Oh, retire. Yeah. Mm. Damn. It's too bad because like two who, who speak the most. You know what I, I really want? I I still would want uh Oh man, Justin Champagne's on the team anymore. No. 
he speaks so well. The easy like answer. His there is an there's an easy. The answer. easy answer is OG and Obi. I know. Thank you. But, Thank but, you. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to be creative with this. But that, but yeah, oh, no, that's man. the easy answer. OG. Yeah, Obi. that I would I would listen to a ten minute episode of OG just being like answering one answer questions. Hey, and I, you know I, what? I'd be subscribed to that. News broke earlier today that the, the Milwaukee Bucks and Serge Ibaka are trying to work on a trade. So, Mafuzi. hey, man, the vibes have been yeah. so bad this year. Just bring back Serge. Yeah, just, just for, just for vibes in, in general. He's not going to play. Just no. for vibes. Just yeah. for vibes, man. Even just, for just so, even just so he could force his team to eat, like, bull testicles or something. It doesn't matter. Like, right. Just, just right. for that. That culture alone, that alone is more optimistic than the team is right now. So, <laughs> I think he needs to get this generation's bench mob to eat bull testicle. Yeah, all together. Oh, you know what he needs to do? He needs to hook up with Ron Harper Jr., make him eat balut, and that'll please all of the Filipino uh, audience. No, wouldn't that that be like Ron Harper Jr. telling Serge to eat balut? No, it would be Serge telling him to do it and then realizing, oh, crap, you're Filipino? Crap. Yeah. This is not going to work on you. So Dre, nice in context, <laughs> you know what? Do you know what bullet is, Dre? I'm trying to piece two and two together. I don't. So, well, I think Jay is probably the best person to tell. No, you what I'm is. not the best person. I Jay, please do tell. What is this? It's it's. I don't. It's like uh, it's a it's an egg. It's like there's a. Unborn... Oh, is it like the thousand year old egg? No, uh, I, no, it's not an egg really. with a, with a like. Is it live? Like a chicken fetus inside. There's a chicken, chicken fetus. fetus. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. But they boil. So basically, they boil it, and and there is a soup inside. Like that soup is delicious, but you can also eat the the fetus inside. And it's it's a delicacy. I can't wait to try it when I go to the Philippines. Mm, I don't trust you. It are if braver I than I, friend. You are braver. Oh than man, I. I would I would love to try that. I'd eat that whole goddamn thing, shell and all, man. I know Jesus. Me. I'm pretty me. experimental, but that that seems that seems intense. I think I need to. Okay, how do you spell? I'm gonna look it up right now. B a l u t. You know yeah. what it is? It's it's one thing to say that you can eat it. The other thing, you gotta smell it too. Like it's it's oh, not really fuck pleasant. me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, come on. No, no. I'm not. No, it's a delicacy. Man. I don't care if you it's take delicacy. away my, my, my Filipino heritage. I'm not eating that. Man. Nah, man. I've eaten it's... some shit and I can't. I don't. I, nah, nah. I, I think that looks delicious All to right, me. You and I would eat the hell out of that. But I'm I'm you put anything in me in front of me. I'll eat it, you know. I'm well, one of those people that like if you cook something for me, I don't care what it is, I will eat it because you generously cooked it for me. I'm gonna eat that. I don't care. Well, I don't know what the folks ate that caused the uh, the zombie apocalypse in The Last of Us. I, I would guess <laughs> it might have been that. Actually, it's uh, <laughs> not not based on eating. Um, are we are we oh, segueing really? over? Oh, we're segueing, but like okay. that was oh, the yeah, only yeah. thing I'll say because you two have way more knowledge of last of the, the the last of us game i'm just jumping in because there's a tv show that i can start to watch which um, who wants uh, to take the reins on this because i, I quickly want to do like the segue that i that i had in mind before because that was a really good one but the one i had in mind with all the oh, depressing... it was probably better go ahead go for it but I, don't, I don't think i don't know about better but with all the depressing news and stuff i was going to be like um speaking about being miserable and mindless when it comes to numbers that aren't going anywhere uh let's get into the last of us <laughs> 
let's so in in context raptor fans um the raptors aren't playing the best you am, don't am say you don't we, say you know, you know we're not they're not playing the best and it's a it's a little hard it's a little rough to watch but that doesn't mean that there are other things not to watch on on the good tv and myself and dre we are i i, I so he's played there's this game called The Last of Us. It's on, it came out in you may 20, have heard of it. 2013. Yeah, you may have heard of it. it. Came out in 2013 on PlayStation 3. It actually re-released on PlayStation 4, and it actually re-released on PlayStation 5. But regardless yes. of that, in 2013, this game, this game from uh, the publisher of Naughty Dogs, the game, yes. uh, released a game called The Last of Us, and it is a uh, apocalyptic zombie action game, and. Yes, that definition of it is a little, you know, you roll your eyes because there's a lot of those. But it's not the game per se. It's more of the story and how they present it in this game. So, yes, you you are in, in the context of you are this character uh, named Joel, uh, Joel Miller, I believe. And you're basically trying to survive this apocalyptic world while bringing, uh, trying to bring this uh character named ellie who is actually uh, uh there's something in her Careful. blood that doesn't turn her into, <laughs> Careful. don't say too much don't say too much yeah I won't, I won't say too much but that's the basically concept if you watch the first episode and she they're trying to bring them to a certain direction that i a certain location that i won't spoil Thank you. anyways in that adventure the whole it's like a movie. The, the story that they developed in this game, it wasn't even a game. It was more of like a theatrical movement. And I, it was I, by far one of the best games, if not the best game that I ever played in my lifetime because of the story itself, as well as the gameplay, which kind of like is the cherry on top. Now, the fact that a, a show, a TV show was coming out. Usually game adaptations come out. They think Mortal Kombat. You think Street Fighter. You think Tomb Raider. And they're crap. Those those are pretty garbage. <laughs> Halo, Ooh, for let's example. Not, let's not, wait, sorry, were you talking about like... Oh, sorry, you said movies from games, right? Yeah. I, I from games. I said, don't, don't badmouth the game, but you're not. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the movie adaptations. Those yeah, are right. usually garbage. So whenever I th- heard that my favorite game is turning into an adaptation, a TV show adaptation, I was very not uh, about that. But until I learned that Neil... I, I, Bruckman? Jerry, you can help me out. Yeah, Neil Bruckman, who was the crea- yeah. co-creator of The Last of Us, is actually... Uh, part of making the show and also the director and creator of Chernobyl, which was on HBO, is directing the show. Which, That's have you when seen I Chernobyl? knew I have watched Chernobyl. Chernobyl is, is one of the crazy best game. miniseries of all time. And yes. without spoiling either, even though one's a real event and one's a video game that's 10 years old, um, there's a lot of crossover appeal when it comes to watching yes. like loved ones dying, uh, disasters that changes the course of humanity there's a lot of crossover that just felt right so i hope you don't mind raptor fans if you guys haven't watched it or played it if you don't tend on playing it because it is a 30 hour game pretty much watch the show and maybe it'll it'll make you want to play the game what are you but doing for... anyways it's not like you're watching raptors <laughs> games come on <laughs> basically i hope you guys don't real hours into this game and it's worth it exactly i hope you guys don't mind us nerding up about this show so let's have Jay, at it. <laughs> let's have at it. I don't care. I'm sorry. This is the Last of Us uh, segment. First so of all, I, Dre, do I go first or do I go last? Because well, both here's of the, you have played the game. Here's I'm the just thing. watching it. 
there's like two, there's like three different things. This is why it's almost perfect. So Jason, you're like so fluent in this game. It's it's like beyond description. You're like you're the typical Last of Us player that's like played this a bunch of times. You yes. know everything. You've gotten everything. You know the whole yes. mythology. I have bulleted through the game. Uh, I was Speed actually run. sick at the start of the year. And I beat the game in 16 hours. Uh, I'm in the process of like picking up every little object. So all of the little pendants and stuff. Um, but I've nice. beaten it very recently, fresh in my mind. Also, I'm like the resident cinephile and television junkie of this pod, I guess. So I'm looking yes. at it from that perspective. Yes, you and are. Then, Jay, you haven't played it at all. So you're just watching the series and you don't know what's coming ahead. No. So we are three completely different approaches to this. And I think it's awesome. Yes, I agree. I want to ask Dre, though, first, is that when you finished the game, was there a inkling to just play it again, like right after to get was there a point in the game? And again, don't spoil it, because then again, we don't really oh, know if dare. they're going to cross the game and the show together. But was there a point where you're like, Frig, man, this is the best thing I've played in a very, very long time. So and I want to play it again. A couple of things. First off, I've had a. And this is why it's especially shocking that I just did not get around to the game for so long. I think I've just been too busy with like my site stuff and just work and life and studying in general. Um, I have a very healthy, happy relationship with Naughty Dog. Like I grew up with Crash Bandicoot when I was a kid. Yeah, Naughty Dog's um, the shit, man. Crash Bandicoot 2, if I still had access to it for the years I did when I was a child and back in university and stuff, you know those speedrunners that can like beat the game in a record amount of times? That's like the only mm-hmm. game that I would probably have come close to was Crash Bandicoot 2. I could beat that stuff in like I think like the world record now without glitches and stuff is like just short of over an hour. I could 100% complete that game in like 2. Not anymore, but like when I was younger. So believe me, grew up on that. Jack and Daxter. Wasn't as nice. familiar with Uncharted and I actually want to go through all of the games now, but I did have the first one and I really liked it a lot. And Naughty Dog... See, Uncharted is another game that was adapted, and it was terrible. Well, because I'm sorry, Tom Holland, but that was terrible. Oh, the movie sucked. And that's because you're... you're... So many of these video games are trying to... Like, these adaptations are trying to appeal to the gaming side of it. Like the, oh, there's action, and there's killing and stuff. Before we get into The Last of Us, by the point that we have reached in the show already, I would have killed, like, five or six different people. Joel's done one. <laughs> That's kind of the thing. They yeah. have changed the approach yeah. that they're not pro- they're not making this about the gaming aspect of it. So, um, without spoiling anything, there's a, a there's a, a death somewhere in the first episode that was actually and just a spoiler territory, just a warning. Uh, not ahead, but like for whoever's played the game or watched the first episode to that point, there's actually a death that was at the hand of Tess. In the game, because when you're in the game, it's about you have to defend yourself. You have to kill these these uh, uh those affected by the cordyceps and and all the you know the looters and bandits and the military. And the numbers are high. Like if I had to guess, like I think throughout the game you kill well over a hundred different different beings. In the show, it's not like that at all. If you just see them killing people left, right, and center, you're gonna be like, man, these people suck. Why am I rooting for them? Yeah. So it's a completely different approach. But Tomb That's Raider, point. Uncharted, so many of these different things have these terrible approaches where it's like we're trying to appeal to that side of the gaming uh the gaming fandom when really what they're looking for is they get that thrill from the game itself they want the story and i'll wrap up on this one point i was actually very fortunate enough 
uh, when I wrote about The Last of Us, I brought this up as well. I was fortunate enough to, um, like eight years ago at this point, attend a conference with the uh, the head writers, screenwriters specifically, for Ooh. Assassin's Creed. And they said, and this is something that I have kept in the back of my mind every time I play a game to this day, and it's been almost a decade. When you are writing a game, especially something like Last of Us, where it's very story-driven, you are technically writing two different screenplays. One, the bare-bones, straightforward story, so like, who's Ellie, who's Joel, what's going to happen, and two, you're setting the tone and the scene so the player themselves could create their own story, so when you're wandering around as Joel, and you pick up on stuff, or you want to shoot a car from like a mile away, and you're creating your own story as to what is Joel doing while we're waiting to go on to the next plot point. And that mm-hmm. is what too many studios, too many executives are trying to chase. That, when you can only get that from the game, and it translates well in the game, they are chasing yeah. the wrong thing. And that's how I feel about it. But see, and, and this is the thing now I want to ask Jay, is because this show is a perfect adaptation of, like, they're playing they're making a show not only for an audience who loves and and cherishes the game but also to an audience that have never played the game before and don't know anything about it so jay after watching this show understanding like not playing the game before but understanding that we have and then perhaps you know uh you can ha- have a glimpse of like why it may be so special to us watching the show and we only watched one episode in it how did you feel about it when, when you know, you watched the first episode of The Last of Us? Well, I was trying not to be swayed by both of your excitement. Like, I, <laughs> I, could, t- I could see it in the group chat, right? Like, you're both genuinely excited. But on top of that, like, I, I have my, my TV on CP24 all day long. I'm not actually watching. It's just background noise. But the ads for this are coming up every five minutes. So there's a couple of factors at play here, right? Like, if I had never seen the ads... Maybe I'm not watching this. If you guys hadn't hyped it up, maybe I'm not watching this. But both of those factors happen, and I think for a reason. Um, so I jumped in, and I was so impressed. Like, again, knowing what very little I knew, that gave me a bit of a clean slate in terms of, okay, now I can actually watch this without any expectations. And coming at this with no expectations, yo, it it, it exceeded. I mean, it, it really... Nice was well done so like i didn't feel like lost right i mean there was there was the pace at which parts of the story were introduced it could have been like it, they could have drawn it out really i mean I, I i clicked on i mean i started watching and i see immediately it's an hour 20 minutes i'm like oh boy this is going to be slow but it wasn't it never felt like it was dragging um mm-hmm. so I, I felt like by the end of it Obviously, I wanted more, but I felt like we just sat through an hour and 20 of this and they went through so much and yet we barely scratched the surface. So mm-hmm. that for me is a successful first episode. I was I was impressed. Yeah, nice. like I've seen, I guess, a plethora of <clears throat> of pilots and premieres at this point. Um, I wouldn't say it's like top 10, but like if I made like a list of like 30 or 40 of the best premieres to kick off a show a lot of my favorite shows have like good premieres but it's not like this where it's like already one of the best episodes i've seen in a very long time of anything um that's a hell of a premiere guys like that yeah it's introductory uh the exposition is just phenomenal um 
It just does so many things right. And I feel like... And I don't know if you're much into gaming, Jay, but a lot of stuff was like actually reinterpreted for the show, but a lot yeah. of it felt close to identical to the game. Like, especially when you're in the truck and you're seeing all these shocking mm. images as you're driving by, <laughs> like the Man. barn on fire, um, yeah. you know, the people you have to run over, uh, like <laughs> that sort of stuff is like akin to the game. And it leads all the way to, and I'm not going to say anything outside of this, but the soldier scene. That is like close to verbatim what it feels like in the game outside of like a few different yeah. emotional cues. And mm, yeah. that's another thing. So like I said, they weren't really adapting with, you know, the, the mindset of we need to make you feel like you're in the game again. But with the story prioritized and because, you know, Jason, you brought up, that the game is just so cinematic and it feels like you're playing a mini series of sorts. They took what was needed to be adapted verbatim and did exactly that. So what they changed was very fitting. What they kept was just close to perfection. And I think that's yeah. why we're so excited because we could see the adaptation elements are really good. So like that, scene from 1968 was like not in the game that I don't mm. even think they go that much into the fungal infection notice cordyceps um, that much in the game it's like more, more of a mysterious type of thing but here mm -hmm. right at the start they basically tell you we've known about this for years we're not going to do anything about it and it's going to bite us in the ass and that's exactly what it does um, and some elements identical so because we yeah. could see what they've done well already whether it's keeping it the same and not changing it or adapting it very appropriately including the timeline which was supposed to start in 2013 and it leaps to 2030 something now it's 2004 and it's like an america that's scared of terrorism post 9 11 and they even ask like are these the attacks of terrorists like it's it's this frantic mindset and what happens we cut to today during mm. a time where we have lived through a pandemic it's so fitting, it's beyond description. So the wow. uh, the adapted elements are so, so deep and profound. And the stuff that they kept mm -hmm. the same and did not botch. Let me tell you, you've seen some really good stuff so far. You have yet to see the best. That, that's, that's, that's how I walked out of this too. I'm like, man, if, if this is just like the appetizer, man, I cannot wait for the entree. Because this is, this is again, very well done. I, just maybe one of you can answer this question. But like... Um, do you know how many episodes there's going to be? Like, how many have they signed up for? Nine, Nine for now, but I believe they're doing at least one more season, which is going to encompass the second game. Wow. Which is funny, because I know, Dre, Dre you, you didn't play the second game. The uh, The second game is... The first game is better. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll put it out there, right there. The well, first I think game most is, people agree about that. Um, I will yeah. get around to it, just because I want to. What I yeah. personally feel like, and I could be dead wrong, because nobody has said anything about this in any capacity what i feel like is possibly going to happen outside of uncharted naughty dog loves to operate in trilogies so mm. like crash Bandicoot one two three there was a crash team racing but that's not really the part of the story that's just like their final farewell to the franchise jack and daxter one two three uncharted was one two three but now i, I see that they've done more i'm pretty sure there's like five or something like yeah that. but i yeah. personally feel like and I could be dead wrong, and I know I'm probably going to be wrong, but let's just stir the pot. I feel like 
the third game is going to be released in tandem with the third season, if there is one. And that's Oof. how they close up both off at the exact Whoa. same time. That'd be so sick. That would be nuts. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. I, my, so my final point when, when it comes to last was obviously we're very excited and this is all of our weekly recommends if you haven't <laughs> watched it yet. Uh, but I, the reason why I think it's it's so good outside of everything that both you, both Jay and Jay have said is that they adapted it extremely well like verbatim for scene for scene at times but they also explored different storylines and expanded storylines that you've wanted to see more of so for example the sarah's uh uh storyline was more expanded from the game and i think that this is this is what they wanted to do in the game but then that that just would have uh, made the game way too long, way too narrative driven, uh, and outside of the the playthrough of playing actually as Joel in The Last of Us. So now they have a other medium of saying, okay, now we have uh, an opportunity to show you other things that happens with uh, with Sarah or with Tess or with Joel or with Ellie in this matter. So that's why I'm so excited is that not only is that they're going to adapt the game, but they're also going to expand on the game and not just give you a straight to straight adaptation like they did with The Lion King or something like that. They're going to expand from the storyline of the last of us which i'm very very excited for so thank you dre thank you jay for letting me nerd out on this hey man it was it was exciting it, you know what this is probably the most life we've had on this podcast uh in the entire <laughs> this entire episode talking about uh, <laughs> uh infected individuals that are lifeless sure that's which uh final note on that they're not actually zombies in case anybody wants to shit us out <laughs> They're, oh my gosh, I did say zombies at one point, did I? <laughs> well, it's just an easier way to describe the show. Yeah, it's like the, jo- the zombie genre, but they're not the yeah. dead coming back to life. They're uh, parasitic that's hosts true. that are... Um, that's true. Yeah. And that's something that adds that human element to it, especially when they're like screaming and running. It's not that they're like monstrous and attacking you. It's that the body is screaming for help, but the parasite is instructing them to kill. It's especially, oh my mm. God, the turmoil about it. Ooh. But uh, mm. just in case anybody mm-hmm. wants to be like, oh, you guys, you know, you claim to be experts. They're, I know they're not zombies. We get it. But it's kind of a zombie genre. Really. Well, <laughs> well I mean, if we're going to yeah. stick with the, the zombie genre, I, I think that we're past the point where the Raptors season is going to come back to life. Oof. So I think that, that <laughs> is. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of where uh, we're... <laughs> I had to bring it back to the yeah. Raptors. Well done. Uh, to kind well of done. Uh, put a bow on the show. But honestly, guys, this was fun talking about Last of Us. Uh, probably more fun than the other parts of this episode. Um, I don't know if that, I, I doubt this will become a weekly uh, weekly thing where we talk about Last of Us in every episode. But this was fun regardless. Um, I mean, at this rate, why not? <laughs> and then, and then, when the Last of Us is done, I implore the two. Well, of we you. should squeeze it into every every Raptors episode i I implore the two of you to catch up on a little show called succession which will be filling up oh my gosh the same time slot after the last of us once last of us is done because that's coming back and that's going to be also perhaps one of your favorite shows on tv right now and we just keep this train going just every sunday every sunday we watch some on hbo This is like Dre's dream come true. It's a it's a half Raptors, half like television media <laughs> podcast. All it took was for the ra- Raptors to suck ass. Hey, I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, we should have started the podcast years, during the Bargnani years and the uh, oh, later yeah. years. Oh my god, we would have had a riot. <laughs> it's true. It's true. This wouldn't have been called that. 
Maybe the would have been called that's a wrap. I think it still would have been called that's a wrap. I don't know. No, come on, man. Every season. Yeah. Well, anyways, guys, this was this was fun. I'm glad that we got a chance to uh, talk Raptors. Got a chance to talk Last of Us. Um, before I let you both go, uh, Dre, where can the uh, listeners find you? All right, and this feels especially more fitting than ever. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at I am left E Y E A M L E F T or at Films Fatale Insta. Uh, you can also follow my uh, film editorial and review website, Films Fatale. That's F I M S F A T A L E dot com. No spaces. Uh, additionally, speaking of The Last of Us, I plan on doing, and uh, whenever I plan something, I usually fulfill it, uh, an episode recap. After each episode of The Last of Us, I've already done episode one. You could go check it out. Uh, and I will be following through with the remaining eight episodes. Uh, you don't want to miss it or the show. Um, I also partake in a podcast called The K-Cut, where we talk about all things movies and uh, occasionally television. Additionally... The Oscar nominations are coming out Tuesday morning, bright and early. And what we're going to be doing is ranking every single Oscar nominee. All goddamn 70 of them or however many they're going to be. So it's going to be a lot of fun. This is usually a very stressful but fun time of year for me. And I'm going to wind up looking up like one of them, uh, one of them bloaters from The Last of Us by the end of it, which uh, Jay, Jay, hang tight. You'll know what that means later. Uh, Jay, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, shoot. Uh, okay. You can find uh, our work at That's a Rep Pod on Twitter. You can find my work uh, as a podcast editor on such work, such uh, podcasts such as Marketer's Journey, uh, The Great Indoors, Humans of Sass. I'm kind of all over the place, but you can find my work there and as well as this podcast. That's a wrap. Jay, you, you uh, take us home, man. Yeah, well, you can find uh, myself at, on Twitter at Rosalasaurus. More importantly, you can find our podcast at That's a Rep Pod on Twitter. Um, we currently still reside on Raptors HQ and will reside there for the next month and a half so uh, continue to find us there otherwise you can always catch us on all your podcatchers but uh, until then until we meet again next week that's a wrap shout out to Maya Moore who has uh, finally just announced that she's retiring uh, eight seasons four championships one of the goats of the WNBA uh, thank you for blessing us with your talent and grace Yo, shout out to WNBA coming to Toronto, man. Oh, that's 13, baby.